Hello, human peoples. You're listening to the podcast network of Gamefully Unemployed. Support us and gain access to great exclusive podcasts like Fox Mulder is a Maniac, Tom and Jeff Watch Batman, Star Trek The Next Futurama, and our latest show, Spiel Boys. Head over to patreon.com slash gamefullyunemployed. We do game streaming, movie nights with our patrons every Friday night, and you can even commission your own podcast about anything you want. Literally anything, within reason, and we have to do it. You are quite frankly out of excuses not to go visit patreon.com slash gamefullyunemployed. That's patreon.com slash G-A-M-E-F-U-L-L-Y unemployed, which is spelled like it sounds. Engage. Uh, Engage uh, this DVD, I guess. (laughs) Hi, everybody. Hello, everyone. My name is David Bell. My name is Tom Ryman. And we just watched 1998's Safe House. Mm. Not the Denzel one. Thriller. Not the Denzel one. That's the 2012 one. This is the thriller. This is the thriller as described on IMDb. Allegedly. The the Denzel one is a thriller. But this is really a thriller, Tom. This is really a thriller. This is my father, May Soul. Dad, this is Andy Travers. What kind of name is Andy for a girl, anyway? It's short for Andrea. What kind of a name is Mace? It's short for in your face. <laughs> this this made for Showtime nail biter. <laughs> yep. All right. Big thanks to Hombre. Thank Hombre, you. thank you so much. Uh, this this movie has been you know sort of uh, clawing at the door uh, for a while, and we finally thanks to you, Hombre, our Patreon subscriber. We opened that door and let this cinematic masterpiece pour through. This is um. So some some background, I guess. This is a Patrick Stewart film from 1998. As you said, it's Showtime original film, right? Yeah, well, apparently it was a, a Channel 5 original film in the UK in, in late oh, 98. Gross. And then it yeah. got put on Showtime in 99. And so I, I, let's start. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to whip up the synopsis real quick. Um, <laughs> Safe House 1998. Okay, so the synopsis is a retired U.S. black ops agent gets Alzheimer's while other ex-agents are being killed. He has incriminating data on a presidential candidate. This is labeled as drama and thriller. Um, Tom, do you want to describe what the poster looks like? It's Patrick Stewart pointing a gun directly at the camera. Um, the font for the word safe house is kind of like this wacky hackers type font where it's like, yeah, it's in pink, pink. And it's repeated a bunch of times. Like it's like electronic, like code, like tech. And there's a little, the there's a little is... reticle. Yeah. There's a little crosshair yeah. in, in the O of safe house. And then there's also a fucking crosshair. It's next to Patrick Stewart's face on this poster. So it looks like, like maybe the predators looking at him. Cause it's yes. all like teched out, Dave. It's very tech. Yep, it's real teched out. It looks like, yeah, something like The Net, um, if you're picturing that, like a 90s thriller. Mm-hmm. The tagline is, his paranoia is as real as his killer. Mm-hmm. Um, so the reason... It's also got Kimberly Williams in it. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> the reason we're breaking all of this down is because like the plot that Dave described and then like the poster uh, and then the tagline, none of this has anything to do with the actual film that we watched. Yes, this movie... <laughs> Is one is is truly fascinating <laughs> from a writing perspective. Now, to sum it up, like this is at least my take on it. I, by the way, we can't even say like, did you like this film? That's it's an impossible question. It's an impossible question. We've transcended yeah. that question. Safe Safe House defies that question. 
Right. <laughs> it's yeah. one of those movies. Yeah. It's like asking, do you like the Bible? It's like, well, it's complicated. Well, it's like asking if death is good or bad. Right. Yes. That's a great it's way like, of putting well, it. Well, it just is. <laughs> like... <laughs> yes. Safe House just is. It just is a movie. So the if I if I were to pick this apart, my view on this is that this movie is all act one and then suddenly act three. Yeah. Very so, abruptly like, act three. Yeah, so and traditionally a movie is act one is setting up the premise. And once and what happens is act one into act two, usually by the end of act one, you know what's happening. You know, for example, I don't know, Jurassic Park. Uh, they get to the island and they see the dinosaurs at the beginning of at end of act one and act two. So, you know, OK, this is what Jurassic Park is. Right. And it's like, OK, this is the movie you're going to watch is the end of act one. And this movie never gets to that until an hour and 20 minutes into the movie. Mm-hmm. Now, how does it do that? <laughs> <laughs> We have ah, oh, there's so much to this, talk about here. Most um, of this, most of this movie is Patrick, St- like angry, cantankerous Patrick Stewart in a Los Angeles mansion, just losing his mind and dragging his housekeeper and his daughter, I guess, um, yeah. into scenario. I think it's like five scenarios in a row. I think yes. where the movie keeps like it's like it's it, at first it's like oh it's clear it's one of his delusions but then the movie keeps like making them seem more and more real so you're like oh oh is he really right but no yeah. every single time it's just a game he's been playing with his pool guy named Stuart right. who comes so, over to ambush him in what they call drills to keep him sharp to keep his mind yeah, we, from from disappearing we have to talk about Stuart. we have to talk so about a good, Stuart. I I always made I've 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 pitched this to you before, Tom. Mm-hmm. The idea of a horror movie that's all fake out scares. Yeah. Where, where it's it just keeps cats. just being the It's cats. all just cats and closets. <laughs> yeah. That's this movie. So the basic, <clears throat> so it starts with Patrick Stewart waking up, uh, but it's not Patrick Stewart. It's a full-size dummy of Patrick Stewart, which I'm just going to say, there's no amount of money I wouldn't pay for that dummy. Um, if that dummy still exists. His Patrick Stewart. Because tor- it's not a full Patrick Stewart. It's like a Patrick Stewart torso with yeah. like with like little spindly alien legs. So it'll fill out yeah. the rest of the sheet, but it doesn't need to look photorealistic. You're not, you're not seeing his feet. They're no. under the cover. No. And he has a tape recorder showing snoring and he actually sleeps in the closet <clears throat> and it begins sort of like, it almost be- begins like a Van Damme movie or something. Because when you, when you don't realize what the movie is at first, it begins like a quirky action movie. So he has his big, his, his, his nineties, um, house, mm-hmm. his rich guy, nineties house. He has a computer that talks to him. Yeah. Cause it's <laughs> so a rich he's guy, like, it's this rich guy, nineties rules. This is nineties tech yeah. where every computer spoke. Yeah. And his computer is in this like lockdown panic room. So, or at least it looks like that with all these monitors. So it's like, he's very important. He does. He puts in a, a weeb code to, um, to stop oh, his here's to be a missile strike code yeah he has to enter this yeah. code every day like the dude in the hatch and lost and the code is this is this uh, kanji character yeah and it's patrick's St- like he has a wall full of like katanas he's the weebinest weeb in this movie yeah. it's very funny and so like your first question is like why patrick stewart this feels like again like a seagal movie or something um 
And then um, also, it's just weird seeing Patrick Stewart operate a computer, in my opinion, which is ironic because in Star Trek, he's in a computer, but it's like computer. A, seeing him. Yeah, exactly. It's that kind of computer. Seeing him like right, he just and has he to yell at it, it and it does stuff. Right. And same with the guns. Like he has a gun in this and it's like, that's not a phaser. Like, it's just it's weird. It's weird. Um, on the TV, we're hearing that. um uh, there's a candidate, a presidential candidate, who just by coincidence is named Michael Moore. I don't think they did that on purpose. Um, but that's his last who's name. Running, um, no, his full name is Michael Moore, I believe. No. His, his name is Admiral Thomas Michael Moore. Jesus Christ. Like his last name is Michael Moore. <laughs> pick, a, pick a name, Admiral. That's... God, this movie's full of his shit His last like name is Michael Moore. <laughs> Michael Moore. Admiral Thomas Michael Moore. She, that's a the fake name. That's this? like a screenwriter wrote it. Oh, funny you should say um, that. Yeah. So, and he he has his breakfast. He has a maid that he clips coupons with. He seems nice enough. And then he gets attacked in his kitchen. And again, it feels very Van Damme where it's like a, a masked assailant attacking him. Um, and he beats him up and he grabs the maid as a hostage. And Patrick Stewart shoots the, he shoots the maid faints and he shoots the guy, and then the guy is revealed to be his friend, and it's all a drill. It's all fake. The maid quits because they didn't tell the maid. And now we meet Stuart. And Stuart has one divining uh, thing about him, and that he does impressions. Stuart does impressions Dave, of would celebrities. You, would you believe it if I told you that the actor... <clears throat> okay, let me read you one sentence. Okay. From the actor who plays Stewart, this is one sentence from his biography on Wikipedia. He okay. is he is best known for his ninety minute stand up special, Datitude. Does he do impressions in that special? Dave, Tom? I think it's pretty safe to assume that he does. <laughs> and when we say impressions, he does all the impressions. He does what the I mean impressions by that... that like Ninja Turtles do. Yeah, he he does the impressions, the the improv class day one, here are the impressions you have to learn. His first impression is a Bogart impression, because of course. Mm -hmm. And then the second conversation that's had with him, he does the taxi driver impression. He speaks only in impressions. That's how he communicates. I I think it maybe kind of makes sense when he does, well, actually, no, it doesn't. So he just like launches into like Bogey and De Niro, and then he does (laughs) Yeah, he just he <laughs> doesn't stop. He doesn't stop. And like one of my first notes was like, I really need something bad to happen to Stewart oh, in this some, movie. Something I'm bad really... does happen to Stewart. Luckily. Spoilers, something bad. Yes, but uh, not for a very long time because the next. Uh, so that's that's the start of this movie. And and now it's like, okay, what is Patrick Stewart? Is he like just keeping his wits about him? Is he a? It's called safe house, right? We have these clues. <laughs> he's in a safe house he's doing something so it's like maybe what he's doing is very important um and then his daughter shows up and yells at him because the maid quit and then he disguises himself as a telephone repair man and rides in the back seat of his daughter's car with with i think a gun um well he with definitely a fake beard he and definitely fake has hair. like a telescope but he's wearing a fake beard and fake hair that makes him look like ben kingsley from iron man 3 Right. And yes. it's extremely, like, he looks exactly like Ben Kingsley in this disguise. He does. 
in one shot he looks a little like david duchovny like he keeps that's changing true, that's a true, little that's bit true, yeah, yeah that's true it's like the scramble suit in a scanner darkly where he's just like his, his, his you keep seeing other things in him oh. um and then he goes to his uh psychiatrist and that's when the hor- horrifying realization dawned on me at least the question is this a comedy um I couldn't, I, I wasn't able to answer that question until the end credits rolled. I'm still not sure if it's a comedy. Most, uh, it's, it is mostly a comedy, I think. I guess. I get because most is, of the, guess, the stuff that happens is like weird and offbeat, but it, it keeps resetting it back to, like, like I said, it keeps teasing you. Like we think, oh, he really is right. Maybe he really is a spy. And that's like, no, it's just in his head. Oh, I guess he's just an old coot who thinks he's a spy. So it keeps yanking that football away from you over and over again. Yes. Like for the entire movie. So no kidding. Until it abruptly goes from act one to act three, you're still trying to figure out what the movie is going to be. And then it yes. ends. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to describe the whole movie, but I do want to no. get like the first no. bits because the first bits, all we have to then say is then they repeat they it repeat over and them. over again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, but they, you know, it, it, it's... That, that's again i mentioned the scramble suit from a scanner darkly that's this movie which is like you never quite know what it is and it keeps changing genres mm-hmm. in abrupt and confusing ways so in like, the middle of scenes of, yeah so kind of the twist is like what what is the movie like that's the big mystery box of this film is like what am i watching what do you want me to feel right now what ultimately do you want me to feel i don't know and i never knew um, cause he goes to the therapist and now it's established like, okay. So he's like the movie conspiracy theory, which happens to be a movie Patrick Stewart was in. Like, did you notice that this movie is basically conspiracy theory, but ba- bad <laughs> or like worse written worse yeah. because conspiracy theory is about a guy who, th- who's a cab driver filled with conspiracies. And then his, he happens to be part of a conspiracy himself. And, but the most of the movie you're like, he's delusional. And, that movie in the first act begins the spiral into, Oh, something's real. Right. That's what that conspiracy theory, that movie does for, you know, that movie. Yes. Yeah. I think so. Is, I haven't seen it in a, in a long time because I think it's quite bad. Let, you know, not, not even it's, addressing it's the Mel Gibson of it all. So. It is hard. Yeah. I, I enjoyed that movie as a kid, but it's hard to watch a movie now with Mel Gibson, like spouting conspiracies. That's, that very true, but it's interesting you bring up conspiracy theory because I think it shares a similar, a similar but not by any means identical problem, which is that the first half of conspiracy theory to me is infinitely more interesting. Like when you th- yeah, well, when you think he's actually delusional, like as soon as they start to reveal that he's not delusional, that's with when I lose interest in that movie. Well, what's interesting about that movie, for the record, is that so the preview. I always remember the trailer misrepresents that movie very much. The trailer so. says. Yeah, it says one of his theories is right. Um, but that's not actually what happens. No. He is, a, it turns out he's a lone gunman. He's a sleeper, he's he's a, a sleeper agent. He's, yeah, he's, he's a Manchurian a candidate. Agent. Yeah, so none of his theories is actually true. He just, he's just is they, a conspiracy they, theory. I, th- I seem to remember they pick him because he's a crackpot, so nobody will believe him, yeah. I think. Well, you could also, no, I think oh, no, wait, it's no, a chicken that's, or that's the part, egg. That, that's right, that's part of the, um, that's part of the uh, indoctrination. You're they, right, because they, yeah, give, them, they, they give all of them, him. that's right, they give every one of them a copy of Catcher in the Rye, and they do this weird, like, like yeah. uh, uh, um, uh, Ju- Jupiter ascending crop circles type thing. You know how the uh, Wachowskis yeah. can't resist that shit? They slide that into conspiracy theory like this is why um, fucking Mark David Chapman was carrying a copy of Catcher in the Rye. 
Yeah, they just they completely really? buy it. He's a CIA operative. That's yeah, to tell it's us. very weird. <laughs> yeah, that movie is not good. I also haven't seen it in a while, but I loved that that shitty movie growing up. I mean, he drowns. Spoilers. He drowns Patrick Stewart with a mop in that movie. He sure um, does. Yeah. After, and also, I was after big, biting his nose off, I believe. Yes, he does that. I was a big Star Trek fan, so it was just fun seeing Patrick Stewart play a villain. And at the time, I was like, man, I'm never going to see something like that again. And then Green Room came out, and I was like, oh, okay, never mind. That's that's better. That's the better version. <laughs> um, but this he's kind of the villain in this, honestly. But it, the movie doesn't make mean he, him to be, but... I mean, he is in the fact that this is his circus uh, that we're having to watch. So, yeah, that's what this movie is setting up, right? Is like, oh, he's paranoid and he thinks he's in was from the DIA, I think, a defense intelligence right. agency. He's supposed to be from it. some super secret agency. And they're all like, no, yeah. you were like a you were an a claims adjuster for your whole life or something like that. Like, right. Yeah, you worked in the in the with the Department of Defense, but you were like a, a, a pencil pusher. Right, and so the natural thing to happen is that in Act One, something real happens. Um, You'd think and the, inci- the inciting incident should happen somewhere close to the beginning of the film, right? Or failing that, the halfway point—that's the other point in which you know the T Rex gets out of the paddock, like shit goes gets real. So you have those two opportunities in your screenplay to change things. So Act One blows by in this movie, and what actually happens is they find a new maid. Um, and she's not really a maid. She's like a life coach. Um, it, it, it's, it's what's her name from what's it called? Um, Kimberly. Kimberly Williams from Father of the Bride. Kimberly Williams. Yes, yes. Thank you. Yeah. Um, and she's quirky. And no one else will deal with Patrick Stewart, who is shooting guns like he's Hunter S. Thompson in his backyard. My favorite is that they, is, inter- they interview some clear mafiosos for this job. Yes. They do a bit where it's like, let's do an interviewing montage. And they do a bunch. It really feels the whole movie feels like an improv comedy troupe, like doing a movie. Um, and just like bad improv, they never know where to go with it. And they ultimately <laughs> don't go anywhere. So it just like, kind of like dies. Like, <laughs> yeah. Just the movie feels dies. like it was improvised. It feels like an improvised movie. Um, yeah, it really does. Yeah, there's like some mafia dudes. There's like a weird lawyer guy with a bow tie who's like nervous. There's an asthma girl. Um, and uh, and these are all apparently people who want to be the maids. Um, and there's literally are like several Sopranos types. And it's like, I don't know what... I don't know what you're doing. It's like movie. genuinely big pussy and Polly Walnuts sit down. Yeah. Not, not, not like really genuinely, but two guys that look almost exactly like them probably also auditioned like for it. Yeah. Yeah. And then meanwhile, they keep intercutting it with Patrick Stewart doing frankly, like broad comedy. Like he's rolling around. He's on his stomach. He's doing he's like shooting gophers. Like he's shooting gophers. Yeah. He's doing, he's doing see... Bill Murray and Caddyshack in his backyard. Yeah, if you ever want to see Patrick Stewart do, like, be the comic relief, because you think Stewart would be the character Stewart? No. They know, the movie seems to know that Stewart's a bummer. Right. <laughs> they, they, they never they lean have a, on Stewart. He's, according to us, again, um, sorry, I had to sneeze. Um, according to his Wikipedia biography, he's best known for his stand-up, so they have a comedian in the movie. And yeah, even and then, they're like, like, you know what? Let's just give all the funny stuff to Sir Patrick. 
Yeah, I feel like something went really wrong while making this movie, and it was like Apocalypse Now. They had to like think on their feet because they clearly they're like, all right, this will be the comic relief, and then they must have gotten him on set, and they're like, so you can only do impressions, and he's like, yeah, that's all I do, and they're like, all right, you just do the you just do the obvious ones, right? Like the ones that are so obvious nobody can actually tell whether they're any good. Yeah, those are the ones that I'm that I do. Okay. Okay. Let's just take all his lines and give it to Patrick. Right. Nobody can tell whether or not a bogey impression is good anymore. Right. No. It's just it's a no. caricature now. Oh, hundred percent. It's like it's, it's like Christopher like Walken. Yeah, it's like banana flavored candy. Where it's like, when did it taste like this? Ever like it's that it's that vibe where yeah. it's like this is we've just agreed that's what that sounds like. Grape. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah, he so Patrick Stewart is doing this combination between what's going to happen is he's going to become zany, cantankerous, and tragic, and will have to go through those modes throughout the film. Oh, also sexy. He will have to be sexy as well. So like what what's gonna oh, happen? That's right, is, I so forgot this, that they, they fake us out. They make us think that they're fucking, but actually yeah, they're eating so ice cream out of gigantic this, wine glasses. Yeah, and she's like, oh, this is so good. And it's like the slow pan up to make us think that they're Yeah, fucking. like their shoes and stuff are on the ground. And she's like, oh, dip it back in. I will. Yeah. And, and um, spoons and ice cream, but you thought he meant so, his yeah. dick. He, so he switches between these ideas. We see his dick, remember? We see his dick for like oh, half a second his, in the shadows. Yeah, we see his, if you want to see Patrick Stewart's dick and ass, you definitely see his ass. Definitely see, see his ass. You see, like, you see like the abstract of his dick. Yeah, uh, uh, the vibes of his like dick, the, the, sure. the the shark and jaws version of his dick. Yeah, exactly. like you hear its theme song and you kind of see it, but you don't really see exactly. it. Exactly. Um. So, see. So, but what what starts now? When we get to the first act, what? It, well, again, it's all first act. But when the first act is supposed to happen or change into the second act, we establish a new film, which is they're at odds they're odd couple she's like you're gonna eat healthy now and he's like no i won't i'm gonna eat this twinkie with chopsticks and make a gift that's very fun and um and so like <clears throat> by the way his name is mace which is short according mace. to him for in your face if you remember it's short that. for in your face he gets lines like that so it seems like it's the, one the of his first now, lines it is so it seems like it's an odd couple situation. Yeah. The, this new nanny is going to whip them into shape, make them eat right, teach them a thing or two. And then it starts getting like vaguely romantic while he's like grumpy and refusing, you know, her, her, um, her help. So it's like, oh, okay. So this is like, they, like at this point, you're like, IMDb just straight up lied. This is a, a comedy. This is a family comedy. Well, every time sort. they do a beat like this, where they, they're luring you into thinking it's a different genre. Fucking Stuart shows up. <laughs> exactly. 40 minutes in, we get the next attack. And Stuart comes in, and they had just... Um, no, I think they had just done the back and forth. Like, I'm not doing what you say, and you do what I say. And it's like, okay, we're 30 minutes in, 35 minutes in. Something needs to happen, right? And so... St- and so there's another drill. Another guy comes in. And you're like, okay, this is going to be the real thing, right? But it isn't. It's another drill. And that's when they start doing the romance stuff. So they do another drill and they start romancing. So it's like, okay, is this going to be like, a, I don't know, like a drama romance comedy where there's like this quirky addition that he keeps acting like he's in the CIA, their DIA, right? Like he's a secret agent. He plays guitar for her. He sure does. Um, and then at 45 minutes in, he starts to forget stuff. He, he starts to get dementia, which has been a thing kind of um, 
<clears throat> throughout they were talking about it. It's so yeah. now we're getting like a very real idea um, that he is just a man struggling with dementia, and we're gonna get this like. Like this woman, they probably won't fuck, but she'll like grow to admire him. You right. know, I want to pause right here just to really stress that like the this movie, I, I we mentioned that it keeps pulling the football away and stuff, but like the way this movie progresses, it keeps pushing you f- further and further towards the idea that he's he's just a, a, a an old man who's struggling and he wasn't a spy. It's this is all. And it's, it's all a, a, a symptom of his illness. Like, this is the only direction the movie pushes you in, is this direction. Yes. And tonally. It, <laughs> and it pushes tonally, you in a yes. that is going to be kind of a bittersweet yeah. comedy, drama, as it's going. And then we get um, we get another fake out that, again, feels like when we were watching, we watched it on movie night. And this was the first time everybody went like, oh, here we go. It's starting. He finds a bomb under the seat of his daughter's car driving from the therapist. And he's like, no, I didn't put that there. And she's like, oh, fuck. And we see the bomb. And he uses the club, the, the, the 90s club that doesn't exist anymore, to like weigh down her seat. And it's like, oh, this is like a good sequence. And she gets out of the car. And then it turns out to be a dummy bomb that Stuart put That's there. And it's another joke. That's Stuart put there. So now we're at Stuart is in. making fake bombs. Right. And this is the halfway point. This is the other opportunity the movie would have to do. Like, that's the other thing is you're looking at your watch and you're like, okay, they didn't do it at the first act. Halfway point. All right. Now it's, something's going to happen. Nope. It keeps it. I, I can't stress it enough. Like five, I think six, seven times total we counted. It keeps pulling the rug from under you with this idea. It, I, yeah. Yeah, it was. I swear it was five. It was like around. Well, there. It, was it was way too many Stuart, times. Stuart was five, but then there was a dream sequence in the mailman. That's right, the dream yeah, where so he comes up out of the more. pool like. There's yeah, another great two, gif of him coming out of the pool. T- oh, it's so good. He lo- yeah. He he looks for a second like Vin Diesel. Um, no, there's two, and they're both mailman related. The first time the mailman shows right, up, right? The mailman. Yeah, and then the second time is also the mailman. Um, but. So like, oh, and then there's the car, the bar mitzvah. So is that mm-hmm. eight? No, that could still be seven. I don't know. Um, again, and I'm, I'm, I keep clicking back to the IMDb to see that this is the description calls it a psychological thriller. And we're at the halfway point and nothing thrilling has happened. Um, he keeps, and, and so like he, he shoots at groundhogs and it becomes a broad comedy again where he's like, you, you motherfuckers are going to kill all my lilies shooting at groundhogs. Yeah. He's a zany old man. And then uh, um, the, the, na- the the bar mitzvah thing is there's a black car driving down their street and he becomes convinced it's assassins. So he shoves the uh, uh, Andy is her name, the, the housekeeper, his, his helper out of the way and starts shooting at this car that's just driving down yeah. his neighborhood street. And then we find out later it was a, a limousine that they had rented. His neighbors had rented for a bar mitzvah down the street it it's really funny because they not only do they keep faking us out but they keep faking us out it's like it's the idea of like a clown keeps popping out of your closet to hit you with a pie and then one day it comes out of your toilet instead of your like it's a new way to do the same thing yeah because they show the sequence where he's finally out and this car is going to hit him and it looks like this black suspicious car um, and it seems know, like it's driving kind of fast, yeah. Yeah, and he shoots at it, and you're like, oh, here we go. And then the scene cuts to them just yelling at him, and you're like, it's not a Stuart reveal this time. It's just them I going believe, like, that was a bar mitzvah. I believe he's in his lawyer's office, at, or he's yeah. in like a lawyer's office at that point, because the next thing that happens is they they uh, they take all his guns away from him, <laughs> which 
just needed to yes. happen. <laughs> yeah. And so it just keeps happening. And this one, it was like off camera. Meanwhile, we then get the poker scene where he wears his poker outfit. And oh, then his poker. Him- I forgot fucking his straw boater hat. I forgot yeah. about the poker outfit. And what they're doing, they're doing a different kind of fake out. Because they show him putting on an outfit. And you think, oh, he's going to the therapist. But no, he's going to hang out. So you get this progression that it's like, oh, he's starting to heal, right? Because yeah. that's where a movie like this goes, is you, you start being uplifting. It's like he's going to beat dementia or something. Something's going to happen. because or He's going fi- to find peace at the very least. Right. Because here's the thing. Even if this is a movie, a comedy drama about a man with dementia who's hanging out with this woman... We're still at the point in the movie where something has to happen. That has right, to progress in an emotional way. We still don't know what this movie is going to be at this right. point. That's the key, is the movie never commits to that premise either. It doesn't commit to either premise. Um, and so we get the scene where it's like, okay, we're getting progress. He sits and has po- does poker. He gets mad at them because Stuart and, and um, the main lady, Andy, her name is, the... Um, the the life coach slash nurse slash friend slash maid um assistant i guess is what you would call this this position well it's more like like it's more like caregiver right they start like hinting at him that maybe it's you know maybe it's he has to face this fact right and this again we've only been pushed in this direction so after this latest thing where he has shot at a limousine that presumably had little kids in it like we can think no other thing than okay this is he's a this is the last straw like this has to be it he's a he's clearly a man in the grips of dementia this has to we have to be entering towards the climax of this film Right, and we hit a, po- a point. So his his closet that he sleeps in, he keeps going in there throughout the film and reading stuff on dementia. It's like his dirty little secret. Mm-hmm. Is that in the back of his mind, he knows this is a problem, but he won't admit it. And in the back, there's all these sticky notes, reminders, and they keep growing and more I think and more. it's less that he won't admit it and more that he's losing his rational mind, right? Like, it, yeah. that's because his rational mind knows, and that's why he goes in there and reads it, but, like, it's getting harder and harder to remember that. I, th- I think right. that's more what the movie's saying. So he not goes, that I'm, yeah. not, I don't want to come out too hard in the defense of Safe House, but... Well, no, that's part of the thing. Because what I'm, what I'm saying is that there's, like, some subtle set design with the sticky notes and performances where now it's like, okay, this could actually be a really uh, a, a decent movie about someone struggling with dementia he goes into the room right, after yeah, poker and he cries yeah. he, he like he has a he lo- he loses it and it's patrick stewart giving a performance that is not worthy of this film and you're like oh wow this is so sad yeah so it's like, okay. and you're, you're right like the sticky notes were actually kind of as loud as sticky notes kind of are yeah they were actually a little kind of subtle because it's like yeah. You, you, they never, they never really call attention to him. Not like, not like a fucking John Krasinski's whiteboard in a quiet place. Although it serves a similar function, but like, right? It's just, it's just better executed in this, which is funny for safe. Yeah, it is. It, and, and there's other things like he's he assembles a gun every morning and he's forgetting how to do and that. And he's forgetting so pieces. There, yeah, there are certain things that are done well in this movie, but again, it's all pushing us toward one conclusion. Right. And that's, again, a fascinating idea of a man who maybe was an agent. Mm-hmm. Maybe he was really important. And he's just his final battle here is he's just losing his his mind. Um, and that can be a very fascinating idea. And it, and it could still, like, at this point, something just needs to happen. And I'm begging well, and they the keep movie, circling around have his, something happen. Well, they keep circling around his relationship with his daughter, right? So, like, 
I don't know, in a, right. in a good movie or like in a movie that had that actually had like a point of view or something to say, you might have taken what the pieces that this movie puts in place and be like, oh, okay, so as his dementia starts to sort of close in on him, maybe the growth can be that like he has to let go of that life and right. and and embrace the one that's been in front of him the, the whole time that he's been sort of rejecting yeah. in favor of this like greater version of himself, quote unquote, like his daughter, his relationship with his daughter. She's around him, but he's not paying her much mind for the entire movie. So you'd think that it would start like as his world is getting smaller because he's, you know, he, he's suffering from dementia and he just he's losing those memories and it's shrinking down to just be these people around him. So you're thinking that, well, a, perhaps a good movie might have gone for that, you know? Yes. For the record, by the way, the bar mitzvah actually comes later after poker. I'm looking at my notes, uh, but it doesn't matter. It yeah. doesn't matter. Because <clears throat> then well, we, gets... we had said poker already. Oh, yeah, anyway. we, we yeah, it doesn't matter um, because there's another fake out here after his crying fit in this sad moment. And I want to point this out because this is also another like uh, uh, bizarre decision. They show him at night and someone cuts his power and two people are going in and there's this part where he's watching them with his. Um, night vision goggles and he's truly afraid and he goes jesus christ and you get this this feeling of like okay now now it's going somewhere yeah because it's never been at at night it's always been during the day Mm -hmm. it's multiple people and patrick stewart is clearly he's alone he's clearly shaken and and every time he's been attacked before it's stewart so it's two guys and we're like oh shit that's not stewart it's two people yeah, and they cut the power. Mm-hmm. So we're and so we just had that scene where he's crying, right? Mm-hmm. So it makes sense. Like, okay, now we're hitting. That was this, the third. This act. has got to be. Yeah, this has to be the finale. We're hitting. We're hitting. Yes, yeah, so we're finally gonna. Um, nope, it's Stewart and Andy. Yeah, now time. Andy and they, is taking part in the drills. They wanted to cheer him up, so they did a surprise. They did drill. a surprise drill. That's right, and he's just terrified. Yep. And they make a scene where he's traumatized and he's like shaken. And he's like, I'm just an old man. I can't yeah. defend myself. And I want to point this out because they just did that scene. They did the scene where he's crying in his room. Like I, I've lost all my faculties. Yeah. And then they're like, Ooh, but mate, nope. Sad again. <laughs> and they do it twice in a row. So they just punch you in the taint. And then as you're recovering, they punch you again. I think um, this and scene- so it's like the cruelest emotional thing to do in that moment is to just pummel him twice I emotionally. Think, here's here's my pitch. I think this scene, the idea of this scene was good. Um, I think this combina- th- these back-to-back scenes would have worked if they'd been earlier in the movie. Like, this should be the end yes. of Act 2. Yeah. Um, if they'd been earlier in the movie, and if it had been not a surprise drill, but a, a scheduled planned drill, and Stuart shows up and... You know, after so we have that scene where Patrick Stewart breaks down in his room. He's like, he he's finally starting to accept. I'm just an old man. I'm suffering from this. I'm I'm losing these pieces of who I was. And then the next, when we see the the next morning, when Stewart shows up for another one of their drills, but it plays out the same way, where Patrick Stewart just crumples in fear and is terrified. Like that would right. be that would be a good kind of act to end point if if they had spent you know the earlier part of the movie showing us them doing these drills which are kind of wacky and a little bit funny and then i think i think the idea of it could have worked is is what i'm saying but it just was not executed properly (laughs) because what happens around this point it might be a little earlier i'm losing track is that they then have a second romantic scene he cooks for her 
and it's the it's again another moment of like oh okay so he's accepting his situation and he's trying to get I back. think I think it's after this one right because this is the end of it right I don't know. I, I truly don't know. It's so hard to it's, keep track. Because, it, again, because this movie is so modular, because like it's just the same yes. thing happening oh, like five or six times, It it is legitimately kind of difficult to remember right. when the order of some of these sequences, yeah. which it's is the a problem two, of, the fil- of, of the film. Yeah, it's the same three things happening, I would argue. Yeah. It's, is he a spy? And then it's romantic. Are they going to fuck? And then it's, does he have dementia? It, and it's these three questions that they keep asking in weird orders because they go back again. They go back to the romance thing. He cooks her dinner. They're dancing. They're wearing a like gown and suit. And you're like, okay, this is after all this. This is after all this. Yeah, because now it's like, I guess. Okay, so what happens first? Is they take away all of his weapons. We get a whole sequence. Yeah, we did that. That was after, that. that was after the limousine and shooting. Then, I wrote this down. It, we were what? I'm. We're one hour and twenty minutes into the film. One hour and twenty minutes into the film, they take away his guns. Nothing has happened, and he, the mailman, comes. And the mailman is like, "I'm going to need you to sign for this." Also, he doesn't recognize the, the mailman's mailman. a little suspicious. Yeah, he has no weapons, so he takes a letter opener, and the guy's like, "Ah, pen's not working. Do you have one?" And so Patrick Stewart goes inside. He's terrified, and at, he goes into his office, and the mailman walks into his house and you're follows like follows him inside yeah and, and he and he acts really shifting you're like here we go well, something's finally. happening yeah. thank god but i didn't actually write that i wrote we're 120 minutes in i don't care anymore at this point my will my will was broken i was just i didn't care it didn't matter at your one hour and 20 minutes in nothing has happened nothing is it happened. doesn't it doesn't matter at this point where the movie goes it didn't do it it didn't get there um, in time, it's too little, too late, no matter what. And the mailman is another fake out. He's just a. He's just like ah, I remembered. I had a pen. He's just a mailman and, and with it. boundary issues who almost yeah. got himself justifiably homicided. Yes, and then and that's when we get the other romance scene, um, and it's just like okay. We're back to the romance. Because, again, this happened... The last romance was maybe a half hour ago. And in between was more spy stuff. Like, there's no reason for these characters to have romantic interest. No. But it keeps just... It's like three different movies spliced together. Because all of a sudden, they're, they're romantic again. And it would and be he like... Dances. If it was, and if it was done in earnest, you would feel kind of bad about it, wouldn't you? Yeah. Because she's like half his age, and he is deteriorating from dementia. Right. Like, I think you're taking advantage of him in that situation. Right. So you know, it's, it's, and like you wouldn't be cool with it if it was done in earnest, I don't think. Anyway. No, no, it, you're right. It, or and you would like, feel a little weird at least. Anyway. It's it's really <laughs> it's it's really confusing because I thought maybe it's like, oh, maybe she's just going to at least grow to respect him and be like, this guy, was, yeah. if we were the same age, you know, like this would have been a thing. Like, I thought they were going for that. Like, he's not they're not going to fuck, but she's going to be like, man, if I if you were my age, we would have. If, if I had only been born were, in the 1930s, I would. Right. I thought they were going to do like lost in translation. Fuck your old ass something. to death. Yeah. <laughs> but. So like he show he dances all fancy and they're like ooh he's impressing her again because they keep doing those moments where it shows that he has game and so it's like okay is again is this now a like a tender romantic drama or like comedy drama about this guy struggling with dementia um, and about how like you know just because you're old doesn't mean you don't have worth etc cetera, etc cetera. Uh, and then he's like I need I need you to help me leave the country 
<laughs> um, and you're like, all right, this is different. And he says, like, so what's been happening is Michael Moore, apparently one word, yep. he, he's been watching that progress on TV. It's been happening in the background. And he's been watching the other agents slowly get eliminated. And so he's like, I'm going to be next. I need you to help me leave the country. Um, and she's like, he, he bribes her. And, and she's like, sure. <laughs> it's like, okay, that's weird. Um, and so that's the new plan. She's going to help him leave the country and going to bribe. And like I, when we were watching this, people were throwing out the logical conclusion, which is that either he's going to like try to assassinate this candidate and it's going to be really tragic, or he's gonna, she's going to be like, okay, and then it's going to be an intervention, right? He's going to show up to leave the country and his daughter will be there and Stuart, and yeah. they all just want to help. Um, and so then he wakes up and the mailman is working on the pool and that's when he shoots him and her and then it's all a dream. No reason for that sequence. So that's another fake out. Yep. Then he wakes up and he notices he he finds he gets There have been no dreams in the movie up to this point. Yeah. So they keep thinking of not, new not ways that to it, do not a not that it out. matters, but it's just like <sighs> We're an hour 30. An hour 30 into the fucking movie and nothing has happened. Nothing. It hasn't it hasn't grown as a thriller, it hasn't grown as a comedy, it hasn't grown as a romance. The only these, thing all it's these done plots have stalled. The only thing it's done, the only the only the only direction it's had any movement on is towards the the sort of tragic drama, right? Right. Or the you know bittersweet drama. Yeah, going back to the improv analogy, it's an improv where everybody refuses to yes and each other. That's what it is. Because they keep just ripping away the conch shell to like retell a story and be like, no, actually, it is a thriller. And then someone's like, no, actually, it's a romance. Like, that's what's happening. And because they can't decide, nothing happens. It just keeps bouncing. Um, and so now he, he decides to follow her because he's suspicious of her. Mm -hmm. I forget why, but there's a good reason. He shows her. That so he also introduces so the missile that he was doing every morning was actually um, an email to every news outlet to to expose Michael Moore, and he's like, if I die, then this email will get sent out. If or they if blow he up my if house, then it'll still get sent if out. If he doesn't punch in his weeb code every day, his weeb code at the same time. Yeah. So he doesn't necessarily have um, to die; he just has to not punch in the code. Right. And then she's like, okay, I'm going to get some supplies, and then we'll we'll go abandon your family together. Um, and he follows her and he gets to her house and at one hour, 42 minutes in, something happens. Something actually happens. He breaks into her house and this was a nice little payoff. So she's all about microbiotic food or whatever the fuck she calls it. She's a health food nut. Mm -hmm. He breaks in and it's all junk food. Um, and he goes into the living room and it's empty except for a single folding desk and she has like a spy satellite suitcase and she is a fucking spy yeah she Andy is is a spy father no... of the spy yeah yeah and they have a face-off they sure it, do he, he he confronts her in the kitchen and what they suddenly not so suddenly established that they missed one gun that was under a sink she points a spy gun at him and she's like, you found me out. I'm going to have to take you out. All that stuff. She's like, give me the code, the weeb code. You found me out because I left my yeah. spy stuff out in my living room. Yeah, she's a With no furniture spy. in it. Because for some reason, they don't teach you in spy school that when people move into houses, they generally put stuff in them. <laughs> 
And so it's a face-off. He's in the, the kitchen. Perfect she disguise. <laughs> And the movie really makes up for itself in this one moment, which is they, they in, and through the window during this face-off, in <laughs> strolls in Stewart, and he's he's the pool guy. By the way, we never said that, and he's no, got I his think, pool equipment. I think we did say we mentioned oh, okay. he's the pool guy, and he's like do 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 do, and co- and waves because they've been doing these drills. So he just says thinks it's a drill. He thinks it's a drill, yeah. And he opens the door and in his best Don Knotts voice, oh, man. He, was like, hey, he says, I didn't know we had a drill today. Yep. And she kills him. She kills Stuart <laughs> with a machine gun. And Dave, when his, near, his, his almost lifeless body is flying through the air, the life draining out of him through several holes, he still continues to do the Don Knotts voice. His he does, he death goes, oh. scream is in the Don Knotts voice. He dies the way he lived, and 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 it was the most satisfying thing I've seen in a movie ever. He seriously says, "Oh!" As, he's as he dies, pool. as he's shot like six times in the he's chest. Doing the Don Knotts voice. Stewart serves no purpose. He serves the purpose of like like a cat, like a brief distraction for the villain. That's it. That's it. He's like the right, bird the in Mars thing, Attacks. Right. The only thing he does is briefly distract uh, Andy long enough for Patrick Stewart to shoot her. Right. So they have crafted Stewart, this character who has no development throughout. All he does is impressions. And and he and that's it. That's all he does. He just he's this dipshit that you just want to see murdered. And then they and give then us we that. do. So I have to take back what I said earlier about this movie not being good or bad. This movie's good. Yes, it, it is good. It's good. They, kill, they killed him in the middle impression. of a Don Knotts impression. It's, the, it's exactly the what The most I embarrassing impression to die in the middle of. It's so perfect. <laughs> he, he gets everything that's coming to him. And then Patrick Stewart shoots Andy. And then he calls 911 and goes, there's a dead girl in my house. There's a dead and girl. They're like, and they're like, what's your name? And he goes, I don't remember. Because one of the things they set up was stress can trigger the dementia. So it ends with him having lost his memory. Um, I don't know if that's actually true. It's just the rules of the film. In the rules of the film, it works. Um, and they do a thriller, like um, helicopters, like wide shot, you know, like circling his house. The ending of like virtuosity, any 90s thriller ends this way, right? where it's like helicopter shot of the crime scene circling mm-hmm. and you get a news bl- thing over over it a news voice just the VO, explaining yeah. that he was right the whole time and michael moore is now going down because he mailed he sent all the right, stuff it out it really is like a news like at the very it's this happens like i don't remember an overhead shot of of mace's house yes yeah, luckily mace was telling the truth and uh, andy was a spy the whole time and he mailed his stuff to the yep. government and michael moore went to prison the end and then the credits roll that is yep. seriously what happens no exaggeration that's what happens and it's like the ending of any 90s thriller except nothing of the movie was like a 90s nothing thriller happened, it, it this is, movie it was is. nothing it's nothing. It's it's not. It was waiting so, for Stewart to die, and then yeah. he does. So I cannot say that the movie is not a success. Right. The only thing that makes this a '90s thriller is that the IMDb and poster tells us it is, and the last ten minutes are. Yeah. Nothing else is a thriller. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't make that. And we, have, God, we haven't even talked about the katana. He gets he a, katana a katana that he starts and sleeping with. out with it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he, he, there's so That's many moments. 
him sucking the Twinkie. There's so yeah. many little sucking moments of insanity. Draining yeah. that Twinkie, Dave. Yeah. This movie will break you because it's <laughs> it really it feels like a torture device because it keeps <laughs> edging you. It keeps it keeps promising that something will happen. And I can't stress this enough. It's not just the spy stuff. It's any plot development. That's the thing. It never develops into anything. No, nothing happens. Like I said, nothing happens. we spent the entire movie waiting to learn what the movie was going to be and then it ended. It's like a record skipping. Yeah, it's a purgatory. It's like I, I yep. wouldn't have been surprised if we learned that this was all hell. It just took place in hell. Like I, it, it, That's what it feels like. It just... It just keeps repeating the same thing for an hour and 40 minutes and then just goes. And the thing about the reveal that she's the spy um, is that that's the that's the at this point, it's the most disappointing reveal. Right. Because the, the movie's yeah. the first thing the movie presents is that idea. It's the, He's it's paranoid the, about it's her. the first and only possibility it gives us. So the reveal that it's that is really a letdown. <laughs> Right, it, it's just like, is he a spy? Is he a spy? Maybe he's a spy. He seems to have it. Ah, yeah, he's a spy. Like yeah, that's totally it. A spy. And then right. you're like, and it's so, it's the worst. Like it would have been a better ending if it ended with him like in a home with dementia and none of it was real. Even though that would have been tragic, that would have at least been, I guess, the more interesting ending at that point. Or if he shot the candidate or something. But it never. Like I think the perfect analogy, which we were talking about last night, is the dummy that he sleeps with. So there's a dummy that he sleeps with. It's or that he uses for him, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a decoy, and it keeps showing up in the film, and then it just nothing happens with it. You would think there'd be a scene where like she tried to kill him in bed, and it would be the dummy yeah, it's or the something dummy. like yeah, that. Yeah, you, you think. You yep, use that the, dummy that you've set up the whole movie. <laughs> right. It's the perfect metaphor. It's a perfect microcosm because it's just like, oh, there's this dummy. There's this dummy. There's this dummy. And anyway, <laughs> movie's, movie's over and you're and like, wait a second. there it was. Yeah. It, it, it doesn't go anywhere. It is truly baffling. It is. It's really something. It's an achievement in, in the sense of uh, you've successfully made a movie that is 140 minutes long and doesn't do, it refuses to do anything. It refuses. It's a non-movie. It does it's the not whole develop. Movie, <laughs> the whole movie feels like a prank. It yeah. feels like a, one of those meta pranks that will like propose for a movie that no one would in their right mind do because you'd have to spend a lot of money. Like It feels like a very expensive prank that was pulled on us. Um, yeah. It's a, it's, a, it's, it's, a real, it's a real awesome-o pitch. Like, it's a real, yeah. It's like, <laughs> George Costanza driving Susan's parents to the Hamptons. Like, it's this like a, a, a movie that's just boldly uh, yeah. ad-libbing ad itself to its own doom, it feels like. It just, this, it never goes anywhere. It never goes. It was written by three people. So I maintain my, my idea that it's three people who all fought to change what the plot was. Like, that's what it really feels like. It's three different plots. By the way, all three writers and the director, surprisingly, didn't n never went anything <laughs> where with oh, their they career. Oh, didn't make anything else. So I think yeah. the, all, the three different writers each wrote uh, a draft of this movie, and they just combined them and didn't take anything out. That, that I believe that's what happened. Yeah, that's my guess. That's, no, that is the best guess. <laughs> we didn't it take is... any. Nobody's ideas got thrown out. Everybody's idea yeah. makes it in. It is 
one of the most truly like you watch the movie go yeah. watch it i dare you yeah i i want to know i really want to know what happened i'm so if you yeah. if you wrote this movie mm-hmm. and you're listening to this i want to know what happened i want to yeah, know if we're right because it's 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 like it's films feels like the snowman like it feels like a movie where like there was something that logistically went wrong on set yeah like like, like the snowman felt like a crime happened yeah like, this feels like, like something this feels got like they're stolen my, yeah this feels like a money laundering situation or something, <laughs> yeah, or something. it feels like it feels like they showed up and they're like, so remember how this we made this whole script? Well, it turns out we can't afford any of the sets we wrote in, so we just have this one house. So we're going to have to quickly rewrite it based on this one house. Because that's another aspect. It definitely was this written movie because movie never they, leaves this house. Yeah, this movie was definitely written to take place within this one friend's or cousin's house or perhaps yeah. mom and dad's house. Yeah, because it doesn't. It doesn't. It goes to like an office a few times in the the spy's house, but it really clearly like I would say ninety percent of it is um, one location, mm-hmm. something like that. I'm on. Uh-huh. There's nothing. I'm sorry. I'm on the um, the uh, what's it called for it? The the Wikipedia, and there's still nothing. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's not. It's 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 a it's a, a fascinating achievement in in making a movie that is not a movie at all. There's no yeah. movie here. There's nothing here. <laughs> this has a seventy percent audience score on Rotten Tomatoes. And I, I understand. Totally it. understand. I would probably give it the same rating. Yeah. I, this is again. It's like a prank. So you want to you want everybody to see it mm-hmm. because you want people to learn the same thing you know it's like the matrix like you can't tell yeah. people no it. you just have to see safe house for yourself yeah i'm, I'm reading done. the reviews and they're sorry they're they're actually like way too um earnest <laughs> oh that's <laughs> like, a shame see, that's too bad people are seeing something in this film that i don't know but yeah i'm, I'm done talking about it yeah. this movie is fascinating it really it um, really is i'm not i am going to watch it again this is not the last time i will see this movie no i want to show people yeah it. i have to show people this movie i need yeah, to evangelize I, I, for this movie i want to show people who know who know writing and stuff to be like what do you think what what we did i i had watched already so on friday movie night we watched it again and we watched it on freebie and there were ads and every ad break i just simply asked people what do you think is going to happen and what was fun because it's freebie so the ads are every like 20 minutes every time i asked that the answers were wildly different um because th- that's how the movie goes. And then they, they're wildly different until about 15 minutes in where the answers start being people being like, I don't care, man. I've lost, I've lost all faith. Yeah, after, like, about the sixth, you. after about the sixth football pull, I was like, nope. Yeah, I'm not, part, I'm I'm not, not doing I'm this. Just, I refuse. I'm just, I'm just enjoying the ride now. Yeah. I don't need to try uh, to outsmart this movie. I can't. Yeah. No, you can't. can't you can't outsmart this movie. It can't be done. It can't be done. You can't outsmart a hurricane. <laughs> it just is. It just is. Safe yep. house just Safe is. Safe house just is. Oh. Like death itself. Yeah. So thank you, Ombre. Thank you, Thank ombre. you so much. Um, this was a delight. This is through our Patreon. Patreon.com slash Gamefully Unemployed. G-A-M-E-F-U-L-L-Y. Unemployed. 
Go on there. $5 a month, you get access to a bunch of exclusive podcasts, such as Tom and Jeff Watch Batman, Fox Mulder is a Maniac, Star Trek The Next Futurama, and Spiel Boys. We watch movies, uh, like I said, every Friday night. That's where we watch this. Um, that, true. That, they, this is the type of movie we watch on Friday nights. Yeah. So, yeah. Check that out. Uh, we also have a store at over to GameForTheUnemployed.com where you can find a link to our Teespring store where we have all kinds of cool original artwork and designs you can get on t-shirts, mugs, stickers, posters, all sorts of things. So slap your little safe house peepers onto those. Yeah, slap your Patrick Stewart dick. Your Patrick peepers. Yeah. Not enough. Not enough dick. Could have used more of the Captain's Hog, for sure. Yeah, honestly, you could say that about most movies. Mm-hmm. Um, even movies without Patrick Stewart. Mm-hmm. It's like, I could, uh, you know... Slap Patrick that, Stewart's dick. Get that Yeah, in there. slap that P-hog on there. Yeah. P-hog! Make, yeah, make it so. Make it so. Engage. <laughs>